0: Hello, and welcome to the Arise and Build podcast. This is Jody Grace, and we're here to inspire, educate, and activate believers in Missouri to steward and protect freedom in every area of life, especially here in the heart of America. We are gonna be talking about what's happening right here in our culture, how it connects to scripture, and what we can do to bring our conservative Christian values back into the public square. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead, hit the subscribe button, So you can get our updates and join us as we work together, just like Nehemiah and the Israelites did, to arise and build a wall around the great state of Missouri. Hello, thanks for joining me again today. I appreciate you today. We are going to continue talking about the second chapter of Nehemiah. And in verse 18 is what we talked about yesterday and remember that uh, the people of Jerusalem the Israelites there told Nehemiah that they would arise and build and put their hands to the good work of building that wall back around Jerusalem. Verse 19 says but when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard it They mocked us and despised us and said, what is this thing you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? And I just want to take a minute and ask you, how do you feel in this culture that we live in today? I don't know if you feel the same way as I do, but I believe that today Christians in America really are being treated in a way that they have not had to deal with before. The conservative Christians, the believers are being ridiculed. We're being mocked. We are unable to speak up for the things that we believe because um, the left calls us bigots and criticizes us. When we stand up for what we believe, even though that's exactly what they are wanting to be able to do, to live as they choose, to live according to their own beliefs, and yet we seem to be traveling down a path where Christians are being treated worse and worse in America, which is an incredible injustice given that we were actually founded on these judeo-christian values but it does um i guess give me encouragement to see that we are definitely not alone that this is something that nehemiah also faced he was being mocked and ridiculed and despised made fun of And he answered them and said, the God of heaven will give us success. Therefore, we, his servants will arise and build. But you have no portion, no right or memorial in Jerusalem. So in essence, he was telling them, listen, my God is going to fight my battles. My God will give us success in spite of the things you say and you have no right to this place so you need to be on about your business and i pray that we will have that kind of focus and that kind of determination in the things that god has called us to do even in the face of adversity even in the face of ridicule I pray that we would have the strength and the focus of jeremiah to stay focused on the task at hand and to keep being obedient unto the lord with faith that god will accomplish the things that he has called you to so i hope that's encouraging to you today and one of the things that he has called me to is to help educate you to help educate missouri citizens about their government, how it's functioning, and how you can participate, because I would love to see a nice, strong wall uh, built and tended to around the state of Missouri, and in my opinion, that wall is equivalent to the Constitution, and the Constitution being honored and protected, so today, that's exactly what we're going to talk about Um, One of the issues, we're going to talk about it as it relates to the state Senate and one of the issues that we see happening repeatedly in our state government, in our state legislature. So um, one of the issues with the way that they're passing legislation here in Missouri is that typically speaking, they will... You know, take care of their committee meetings and play their games and have have their negotiations from January when legislation when the legislative session starts, and um, they decide internally basically how things are going to go. The caucus, the Republican caucus, chooses priorities. Of course, they're listening to lobbyists all session long. The lobbyists have their priorities. And there are deals being made, negotiations being done all throughout session. And really, they wait to pass the bills until just the last couple of weeks because the longer they wait, then, you know, as long as it's not passed, you can still use it for leverage. And so they wait. And then in the last couple of weeks, it's like, a circus. Um, they are just f- throwing legislation through at record speeds. And oftentimes, what happens is that in the process of their negotiating and their deal making going on, and there is even negotiation between the Senate and the House, Senate leadership, House leadership to get everybody on the same page, um, which is often a dramatic. thing that happens it's it happens often that one house will hold something hostage uh, trying to get the other chamber to pass it so these all of these games are being played and in the last couple of weeks they pass legislation just at record speeds because they they need to get their things done and um, for them many of them believe that it's successful uh, we're being successful when we're passing more legislation. I tend to think the opposite. I think the less legislation we pass, probably the better off we are. But even though we are, have majority of Republicans in the House and in the Senate, they are passing atrocious amounts of legislation and expanding government. And one of the ways that they do that is by passing what we would call omnibus Bills or multi-purpose bills, multi-subject bills. So they'll wait until the last couple of weeks and then change the title to the bill and throw all kinds of things in it. And I'll just give you an example. SB 186 this past session was sponsored by Senator Justin Brown and he filed it And the subject of SB 186, when he filed it, says uh, for the purpose of creating four new sections relating to criminal offenses involving teller machines with penalty provisions. Now, that's a very specific title. It very specifically tells you that this bill is about criminal offenses as they're related to teller machines and that there would be penalty provisions. That's the title of the bill. The bill started out with that title, and it was 13 pages long. Now, by the end of session, and this bill did pass, Senate Bill 186, they passed an amendment to change the title, and because they changed the title, they were able to add many, many, many more sections into the bill. Now, it says, to enact in lieu of thereof 70 new sections relating to public safety with penalty provisions now public safety is a much broader title and topic than criminal offenses involving teller machines criminal offenses involving teller machines is very specific And the way that it was written then, it was only four sections. It only opened four sections of the statute, dealt with four new sections. They made so many changes and added so many things into it that by the end, it addressed 70 new sections of statute, and it relates to public safety. So instead of just relating to criminal offenses regarding teller machines, This addresses 70 sections as it pertains to criminal um, public safety, not even criminal offense, but public safety. And within this is even new legislation concerning missing foster children. And so that just goes to show you that we took a bill that was 13 pages long specifically regarding criminal offense and teller machines opened it up to include anything that would be related to public safety, even missing foster kids. Now does missing foster kids and criminal offenses regarding teller machines, do they really have anything to do with each other? No, and that's a problem. Because now we have SB 186 that addresses 70 different sections of statute, new sections of statute And our representatives and senators, our legislators, had to choose whether to vote yes or no on this bill. Now you're talking about 70 different sections and a whole list of issues that this bill addresses. If I voted yes on this bill, chances are very good that there are things inside this bill that I should not be voting yes on. But that foster care kid section That is good. That part is actually most of it, at least some of it's a little concerning, but the gist of the foster care section of statute says basically that when foster care kids go missing, they should be reported, which is ridiculous that that even needs to be addressed and leads to other questions that we can talk about later. Why does that need to be in statute is a huge question. And believe me, it does need to be in statute. So I'm glad they passed it. But If I vote yes on the bill because I like the foster care language, then I'm also voting yes on all of the bad parts of the bill. And if I vote no because I don't like the bad parts of the bill, then I'm also voting no on the foster care language. And the original intent of this bill was never anything that had to do with foster care. The original intent of this bill had to do with criminal offenses involving teller machines. And the truth is, SB 186, because of that, it's unconstitutional. It never should have passed this way. Now, that's not to say, like I said, that there aren't things inside that bill I believe are good. But it never should have passed this way. So the process that they're using is... Oftentimes unconstitutional, not only just a process that needs some revision, but it's literally unconstitutional. Article 3, Section 23 of the Missouri Constitution says it's underneath the heading Legislative Proceedings. It says limitation of scope of bills, contents of titles, and exceptions no bill shall contain more than one subject which shall be clearly expressed in its title except bills enacted under the third exception in section 37 of this article and general appropriations bills so oh i hope you can't hear my dog in the background that's remy i apologize if you can but the missouri constitution says that no bill shall contain more than one subject which shall clearly be expressed in the title. Now, when you change the title, and by the way, that was, that's always done as an amendment to the bill. So they'll amend the bill to change the title. That's one amendment and they actually vote on that. They vote on the amendment to change the title. But when they change the title to say something as broad as pertains to public safety, That is not what I call being clearly expressed when the bill clearly addresses many, many different specific topics that are really unrelated to each other. So this type of thing is happening. It's happening many, many times. It happens a lot that our legislators are passing unconstitutional bills. Now, there is an argument um, about that because... The Missouri Supreme Court has allowed for titles to be changed, and I would agree there are times where a title change can be appropriate, and things that are very closely related could be combined, very, very closely related. But it is very obvious that uh, the writers of the Constitution believed that what's happening today should not be happening And really, it's not even in the best interest of our legislators, because if you were actually paying attention to the votes, you would know that they are taking many, many, many bad votes. They can't have these multi-subject bills and have a good vote. They're sort of danged if they do and danged if they don't. If they vote yes, it's a bad vote. If they vote no, it's a bad vote. And in that way, I can appreciate the situation they're in. It is a difficult situation. It would be difficult for me i believe it would be difficult for you but it is also true that they hold the power to change the rules they they have the power to say i will not vote for any multi-subject bill because it's unconstitutional i will not vote for a bill that went from 13 pages to 197 pages and now includes many many different topics because the original intent of the first bill that was filed was criminal in criminal situations in regard to teller machines and now we have a bill full of all kinds of things I will not vote for this bill even if there are things inside the bill that I like if we had enough legislators who were honoring the constitution protecting the constitution and what I believe is really fulfilling the oath that they took in doing that then this type of thing probably would stop if we had enough of them who were just unwilling. Or if we had a senator, if we had senators who were working together to stop this from happening, they could stand and speak because they're always recognized, even if they had to read the whole entire bill on the floor, because oftentimes what happens is these multi-subject bills get dropped as a substitute just a few minutes prior to the vote being taken. And they don't actually know all the things that are in there. It's really a problem. It's a serious problem. And it needs to be addressed. It really is no different than what's happening in Washington. What was happening with Washington with Pelosi. You know when Pelosi would say well we'll pass it and then we'll read it later. Yeah no that's not a good plan. That's not a good plan because the lobbyists are actually writing most of the legislation. It's a huge problem. So I would like to see legislators who are willing to stand and say, no, I will not do this. We have one that I know of who's very, very consistent and faithful in that, Senator Mike Moon. Um, all the time, I mean, every time that I know of, he is, that's a, a high standard for him, and he's serious about it. He's very principled in his vote that way. Um, and I'm not saying, like I said, that there's never an opportunity or a reason that it should happen that we would retitle the bill and and add some things but they should be very very closely related topics so I would like to see more legislators specifically senators work together and rise up and say no we're not going to do this anymore it's not good for us it's not good for the people it's not good for the state of Missouri and we're not honoring the constitution I'd also like to have a governor who would say if you pass a bill this way I'm not going to sign it Either which way that would work, if we had either of those, uh, I believe that this type of thing passing, we wouldn't see this as often. Unfortunately, it's the lobbyists who are driving it. um, And there's sort of no getting around that. It's the lobbyists who want their language in. And that's why we begin to see so many votes where Democrats and Republicans are all voting together it looks like they're voting in one block because there are so many things in there there are things in there that the Democrats want there are things in there that the Republicans want so everybody votes yes and then you can't you don't have any idea what it is that your legislator is actually supporting because they've actually supported all of it by voting yes and they voted yes because of one or two things that are in there that they want but all the democrats voted yes and most of the republicans once in a while occasionally we see a small handful of conservatives um, voting against the rest of the group but many many times in the 2023 session we saw Uh, All of them, Democrats and Republicans, voting together because they're cramming all the legislation up into one thing and passing it all in one chunk. So it's a big problem. I would highly suggest that you start having the conversations with your friends and your family. You start asking the hard questions of your legislators, your senators, your representatives, And you specifically asked that question of the candidates who are running in your district, would you be willing to vote no on all multi-subject bills that are unconstitutional? And, you know, like I said, there's a caveat and some exceptions. But for the most part, the multi-subject bills that are obviously unconstitutional, we should be voting no regardless of what's in them. They are unconstitutional. You're not upholding your oath to the Constitution, and we should be voting no. So we need to be asking the candidates, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to stand against the grain, even if leadership is pushing you for a yes vote? Will you stand against leadership and vote the right way to uphold the Constitution? I hope that information is helpful for you today. I hope that you'll start to have conversations with your legislators. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. I hope you found it beneficial and valuable. I'd really encourage you in the next few days to pick up your Bible and grab the practical tools you need to arise and build. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the blog at jodygrace.com. I'll see you soon.